Part One of The Giant Crab and Other Tales from Old India, retold by W. H. D. Rouse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part One The Giant Crab, The Hypocritical Cat, The Crocodile and the Monkey, The Axe, the Drum, the Bowl, and the Diamond. The Giant Crab once upon a time there was a lake in the mountains and in that lake lived a huge crab i dare say you have often seen crabs boiled and put on a dish for you to eat and perhaps at the seaside you have watched them sidling away at the bottom of a pool sometimes a boy or girl bathing in the sea gets a nip from a crab and then there is squeaking and squealing but our crab was much larger than these he was the largest crab ever heard of he was bigger than a dining-room table and his claws were as big as an armchair fancy what it must be to have a nip from such claws as those well this huge crab lived all alone in the lake now the different animals that lived in the wild mountains used to come to that lake to drink deer and antelopes foxes and wolves lions and tigers and elephants and whenever they came into the water to drink the great crab was on the watch and one of them at least never went up out of the water again the crab used to nip it with one of his huge claws and pull it under and then the poor beast was drowned and made a fine dinner for the big crab this went on for a long time and the crab grew bigger and bigger every day fattening on the animals that came there to drink so at last all the animals were afraid to go near that lake this was a pity because there was very little water in the mountains and the creatures did not know what to do when they were thirsty at last a great elephant made up his mind to put an end to the crab and his doings so he and his wife agreed that they would lead a herd of elephants there to drink and while the other elephants were drinking they would look out for the crab they did as they arranged when the herd of elephants got to the lake these two went in first and kept farthest out in the water watching for the crab and the others drank and trumpeted and washed themselves close in shore soon they had had enough and began to go out of the water and then sure enough the elephant felt a tremendous nip on the leg the crab had crawled up under the water and got him fast he nodded to his wife who bravely stayed by his side and then she began dear mr crab she said please let my husband go the crab poked his eyes out of the water you know a crab's eyes grow on a kind of little stalk and this crab was so big that his eyes looked like two thick tree trunks with a cannon-ball on the top of each now this crab was a great flirt or rather he used to be a great flirt but lately he had nobody to flirt with because he had eaten up all the creatures that came near him and mrs elephant was a beautiful elephant with a shiny brown skin and elegant flapping ears and a curly trunk and two white tusks that twinkled when she smiled so when the big crab saw this beautiful elephant he thought he would like to have a kiss and he said in a wheedling tone dear little elephant will you give me a kiss then mrs elephant pretended to be very pleased and put her head on one side and flapped her tail 
and she looked so sweet and so tempting that the crab let go the other elephant and began to crawl slowly towards her waving his eyes about as he went all this while mr elephant had been in great pain from the nip of the crab's claw but he had said nothing for he was a very brave elephant but he did not mean to let his wife come to any harm not he it was all part of their trick and as soon as he felt his leg free he trumpeted loud and long and jumped right upon the crab's back crack crack went the crab's shell for big as he was an elephant was too heavy for him to carry crack 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 the elephant jumped up and down on his back and in a very short time the crab was crushed to mincemeat what rejoicing there was among the animals when they saw the crab crushed to death from far and near they came and passed a boat of thanks to the elephant and his wife and made them king and queen of all the animals in the mountains as for the crab there was nothing left of him but his claws which were so hard that nothing could even crack them so they were left in the pool and in the autumn there came a great flood and carried the claws down into the river and the river carried them hundreds of miles away to a great city where the king's sons found them and made out of them two immense drums which they always beat when they go to war and the very sound of these drums is enough to frighten the enemy away the hypocritical cat once upon a time there was a troop of rats that used to live in holes by a riverside a certain cat often saw them going to and fro and longed to have them to eat but he was not strong enough to attack them altogether besides that would not have suited his purpose because most of them would have run away so he used to stand early in the morning not far from their holes with his face towards the sun snuffing up the air and standing on one leg the rats wondered why he did that so one day they all trooped up to him in a body and asked the reason what is your name sir they began holy is my name said the cat why do you stand on one leg because if i stood on all four the earth would not bear my weight and why do you keep your mouth open because i feed on the air and never eat anything else and why do you face the sun because i worship the sun what a pious cat the rats all thought ever after that when they started out in the morning they did not fail first to make their bow to the cat one by one and to show thus their respect for his piety this was just what our cat wanted every day as they filed past he waited till the tail of the string came up and then like lightning pounced upon the hindmost and gobbled him up in a trice after which he stood on one leg as before licking his lips greedily for a while all went well for the cat's plan but at last the chief of the rats noticed that the troop seemed to grow smaller here and there he missed some familiar face he could not make it out but at last a thought came into his mind that perhaps the pious cat might know more about it than he chose to tell next day accordingly he posted himself at the tail of the troop where he could see everything that went on and as the rats one by one bowed before the cat he watched the cat out of the end of his eye as he came up the cat prepared for his pounce but our rat was ready for him and dodged out of the way 
Aha! says the rat. So that is your piety. Feeds on the air, does he? And worships the sun, eh? What a humbug! And with one spring he was at the cat's throat and his sharp teeth fast. The other rats heard the scuffle and came trooping back, and it was crunch and munch till not a vestige remained of the hypocritical cat. Those who came first had cat to eat, and those who came last went sniffing about at the mouths of their friends and asking what was the taste of cat's meat. And ever after the rats lived in peace and happiness. THE CROCODILE AND THE MONKEY Once upon a time there was a deep and wide river, and in this river lived a crocodile. I do not know whether you have ever seen a crocodile, but if you did see one I am sure you would be frightened. They are very long, twice as long as your bed, and they are covered with hard green or yellow scales, and they have a wide flat snout and a huge jaw with hundreds of sharp teeth so big that it could hold you all at once inside it. This crocodile used to lie all day in the mud, half under water, basking in the sun, and never moving. But if any little animal came near, he would jump up and open his big jaws and snap it up as a dog snaps up a fly. And if you had gone near him, he would have snapped you up, too, just as easily. On the bank of this river lived a monkey. He spent the day climbing about the trees and eating nuts or wild fruit. But he had been there so long that there was hardly any fruit left upon the trees. Now it so happened that the crocodile's wife cast a longing eye on this monkey. She was very dainty in her eating, was Mrs. Crocodile, and she liked the titbits. So one morning she began to cry. Crocodile's tears are very big, and as her tears dropped into the water, splash, 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 Mr. Crocodile woke up from his snooze and looked round to see what was the matter. "'Why, wife,' said he, "'what are you crying about?' "'I'm hungry,' whimpered Mrs. Crocodile. "'All right,' said he, "'wait a minute, I'll soon catch you something.' "'But I want that monkey's heart,' said Mrs. Crocodile. Splash, 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 went her tears again. "'Come, come, cheer up,' said Mr. Crocodile. He was very fond of his wife, and he would have wiped away her tears, only he had no pocket-handkerchief. "'Cheer up,' said he. "'I'll see what I can do.' His wife dried her tears, and Mr. Crocodile lay down again on the mud, thinking. He thought for a whole hour. You see, though he was very big, he was very stupid. At last he heaved a sigh of relief, for he thought that he had hit upon a clever plan. He wallowed along the bank to a place just underneath a big tree. Up on the tree our monkey was swinging by his tail and chattering to himself. "'Monkey!' he called out in the softest voice he could manage. It was not very soft, something like a policeman's rattle, but it was the best he could do with all those sharp teeth. The monkey stopped swinging and looked down. The crocodile had never spoken to him before, and he felt rather surprised. "'Monkey, dear!' called the crocodile again. "'Well, what is it?' asked the monkey. "'I'm sure you must be hungry,' said Mr. Crocodile. "'I see you have eaten all the fruit on these trees. But why don't you try the trees on the other side of the river? Just look! Apples, pears, quinces, plums, anything you could wish for, and heaps of them!' 
oh that is all very well said the monkey but how can i get across a wide river like this oh said the cunning crocodile that is easily managed i like your looks and i want to do you a good turn jump on my back and i'll swim across then you can enjoy yourself never had the monkey had an offer so tempting he swung round a branch three times in his joy his eyes glistened and without thinking a moment down he jumped on the crocodile's back the crocodile began to swim slowly across the monkey fixed his eyes on the opposite bank with its glorious fruit trees and danced for joy suddenly he felt the water about his feet it rose to his legs it rose to his middle the crocodile was sinking mr crocodile mr crocodile take care said he you'll drown me ah laughed the crocodile snapping his great jaws so you thought i was taking you across out of pure good nature you are a green monkey to be sure the truth is my wife has taken a fancy to you and wants your heart to eat if you had seen her crying this morning i am sure you would have pitied her what a good thing you told me said the monkey he was a very clever monkey and had his wits about him wait a bit and i'll tell you why my heart i think you said why i never carry my heart inside me that would be too dangerous if we monkeys went jumping about the trees with our hearts inside we should knock them to bits in no time the crocodile rose up to the surface again he felt very glad he had not drowned the monkey because as i said he was a stupid creature and did not see that the monkey was playing him a trick oh said he where is your heart then do you see that cluster of round things up in the tree there on the further bank those are our hearts all in a bunch and pretty safe too at that height i should hope it was really a fig tree and certainly the figs did look very much like a bunch of hearts just you take me across he went on and i'll climb up and drop my heart down i can do very well without it you excellent creature said the crocodile so i will and he swam across the river the monkey leapt lightly off the crocodile's back and swung himself up the fig tree there he sat down on a branch and began to eat the figs with great enjoyment your heart please called out the crocodile can't you see i'm waiting well wait as long as you like said the monkey are you such a fool as to think that any creature keeps its heart in a tree your body is big but your wit is little no no here i am and here i mean to stay many thanks for bringing me over the crocodile snapped his jaws in disgust and went back to his wife feeling very foolish as he was and the monkey had such a feast in the fig tree as he never had in his life before the axe the drum the bowl and the diamond once upon a time there was a poor young man who went out into the world to seek his fortune he went aboard a ship sailing across the ocean and after they had sailed for a year and a day suddenly a great storm arose the rain descended and the wind blew and it blew so hard and so wild that the ship went miles out of her course and the skipper could not tell where they were and then in the middle of the night a great crash came and the ship was dashed upon a reef 
the waves beat and battered it and turned it topsy-turvy and the end of it was that every soul was drowned except the poor young man the waves washed him ashore more dead than alive and on the shore he lay till next morning when the sun warmed him and woke him up from his faint he got up and looked about him and wandered over the place which he found was an island it did not take him long to walk round it and then he saw that it was a small island and far as the eye could reach not another speck of land was to be seen there were plenty of trees growing in the island with fruit and flowers bananas and coconuts and springs of water but on the trees were no birds and no animals ran about on the ground so he lived on the fruits and roots and did the best he could one day to his great surprise he saw a black thing in the sky and still more surprising the black thing had no wings yet it was flying and flew nearer and nearer until he saw that it was a large wild pig how could a pig fly through the air he rubbed his eyes and looked again yes a pig it was beyond all doubt and it flew closer and closer until it came to the island he hid behind a bush and saw the pig sink slowly to the ground and lie down under a tree soon the pig was fast asleep and snoring he went up close and to his amazement by the pig's side was the most magnificent diamond he ever saw it blazed and sparkled in the sun and looked like a ball of fire he stepped gingerly up to the pig and took hold of the diamond the pig was very sleepy and snored away heartily as he turned the diamond about in his hand and saw it flash he suddenly thought to himself what if the pig should wake he looks fierce he has great sharp tusks and i have nothing to defend myself with if i were only up in that tree now but what on earth had happened as the thought came into his mind he found himself perched in the treetop for a little while he was quite dazed and dizzy then he began to wonder if it could be the diamond which had done this miracle so just to try he wished himself down again and there he was without knowing how he began to understand that this was a magic diamond and something which he must take great care of then he wished himself up in the tree again when he was in the tree once more he picked off a nut that was growing on the tree and dropped it upon the pig's nose the pig woke up raised his head and looked round for the diamond he was a very intelligent pig indeed he was really not a pig at all but a great magician who used to fly about in the shape of a pig because he was as wicked as could be and preferred being a pig rather than a man there are really a great many people like that only we see them in the shape of men and do not know the difference now when this pig saw that his diamond was gone he fell in a fury for all his power lay in the diamond and without it he was nothing more than any other pig so he glared and snorted and looked all around and down and up and then he saw the man who had dropped the nut upon his snout then his fury knew no bounds he foamed at the mouth and ran raging round and round the tree but the man only laughed and dropped more nuts on him this made him mad indeed for pigs cannot climb trees and he saw that his diamond was lost and with it all his magical power 
so in his madness he charged straight at the tree and ran his tusks right into the trunk there they stuck and tug as he would he could not get them out the man wished himself down from the tree and looked about for a large stone with which he battered the pig's skull till it was dead then he held the diamond over the pig so that the sun's rays shone down and were reflected through it and so fine and strong was the diamond that in a very short time a delicious smell of roast pork rose to his nostrils and the whole pig was done to a turn with rich crisp crackling then he took a sharp shell which he found lying on the beach and carved off slices of the pork which he ate it was very nice indeed and he had the best meal he had enjoyed since the ship had been wrecked on the reef and he had been cast ashore on that island by and by when he had finished his dinner it occurred to him that as the pig had flown there through the air so he might fly away so holding his diamond in his hand he wished to fly through the air to the nearest land then he felt himself rising and he was carried swiftly through the air and away away over the sea the island grew smaller it became a black patch it dwindled to a speck in the distance the sun shone warm upon him the waves sparkled underneath porpoises gambled about playing leapfrog in the sea flying fish came out of the water in a flash of light and dropped into the water again still he went on till as the sun was setting he came close to a sandy beach and there before long he stood wondering what he should do next he looked round and not far off behind a clump of bushes rose a thin column of smoke he put the diamond in his pocket and walked towards the smoke soon he saw a queer little hut and at the door upon the ground sat a man without any legs whether a shark had bitten off his legs or whether he never had any i cannot tell you for he never told me but there he sat like a chessman he had a fur cap and a fur coat he did not need any trousers for he had no legs to put them on as i have told you in front of him was a fire and over the fire was a spit and on the spit was a young kid roasting good evening sir said the young man good evening said the other can you give me a night shelter the young man asked whatever i have you may share said the old man with no legs so they sat down and ate a good meal but the young man was rather frightened to see that the other man ate skin and bones and everything and he did not like the way the old man eyed him in fact i must tell you that this old man was another magician and a friend of the magician who looked like a pig and when any travellers came that way he used to eat them he did not eat this traveller because the kid was already roasted but he meant to do it as soon as he should be hungry again how did you get here asked the old man i flew over the sea said the young man indeed said the old man and how did you manage that then the traveller showed his diamond and told the old man what a wonderful stone it was and how it gave any one power to fly through the air if you give me your diamond said the old man i will give you my axe you see i have no legs so you may wonder how i live this is the way i live if i slap this axe on the handle and say wood and fire 
away it flies and cuts wood and kindles a fire if i slap the steel and say heads away it flies and chops off the head of a goat or any animal i want and then it brings me meat for my dinner now i have lived here for a thousand years by the help of my axe and i am rather tired of being in one place i should like to see the world before i die and that is why i want your diamond all right said the young man it's a bargain they exchanged the axe and the diamond the old man turned it over in his hand chuckling greedily as soon as the young man got grip of the axe he smacked the steel and says he heads in a jiffy the axe sliced to the old man's neck like a turnip and he had no more head than legs then the traveller picked up the diamond and put it in his pocket so now he had two magic things instead of one he blessed his luck and fell asleep very happily inside the old magician's hut next morning with the diamond in his pocket and the axe on his shoulder the young man set out on his travels all day long he walked through the forest until at evening time he saw before him another hut like the first where lived the old man with no legs before this hut too there was a fire burning and beside the fire sat an old man without any arms whether a tiger had bitten off his arms or whether he never had any i cannot say because he never told me but there he sat like a pair of compasses he had the stump of a tree to sit on and before him was another stump and on this stump was a large bowl of milk out of which he was drinking when he saw our friend he tipped over this bowl with his chin instantly a deep roaring river surrounded him and his hut and he sat in the middle laughing at the young man's surprise but he did not laugh long for the young man instantly wished himself over the river and there he was now it was his turn to laugh how on earth did you do that asked the old man he was much too astonished to think of saying good day oh that's nothing said the young man and showed him his diamond the old man's eyes glistened he thought how nice it would be to have that diamond what do you say to selling me that diamond said he what will you give me for it asked the young man i will give you this bowl it is a wishing bowl whenever you are hungry all you have to do is to wish for something in it and there it is milk or soup or wine anything that can go in a bowl and if you turn it over as you saw me do just now a rushing roaring river pours out and surrounds you or if you like it will flood a whole country and drown every living thing dear me said the young man that is a wonderful bowl well i agree i'll give you my diamond for it so they exchanged the bowl and the diamond the old man took the diamond in his hand and watched it sparkle but he did not watch long for the young man slapped his hatchet and cried heads in a jiffy the steel sliced through the old man's neck like a cucumber and he had no more head than arms then the young man picked up his diamond and put it away in his pocket so now he had three wonderful things instead of two he blessed his good luck wished for some delicious wine in his bowl drank it and went to sleep happily in the old man's hut next morning the young man was up betimes and after taking a meal out of his wishing bowl he set out once more to walk through the forest 
After he had walked for some hours, he heard, far in the distance, a loud rub-a-dub-dub, rub-a-dub-dub, boom-boom-boom. He felt as if he could hardly help running away. Still, with a great effort, he began to walk towards the sound, which got louder and louder every minute, till at last it made a tremendous din. Then suddenly, just as he came upon a little open glade in the forest, he heard a rustle, bustle, jostle, and out of the trees came a great herd of elephants, lions, tigers, wolves, and all sorts of wild animals, their hair bristling with fright, and every one of them tearing along at full speed. They were far too much terrified to notice him, and scurrying across the glade, they vanished among the trees. By this time the noise had ceased, but it was not long before he came upon another little glade, and at the end of the glade was a hut, and in front of that hut sat a big black giant with a drum. "'Good day to you!' roared the giant in a great voice. "'Good day!' said the young man, rather frightened. "'Come and have something to eat!' roared the giant. "'Oh, thank you!' said the young man. They sat down, and the giant offered him some food, but the young man thought it was safer not to take any of the giant's food, so he pulled out his bowl and wished for some soup and sipped it. "'What is that?' asked the giant. The young man told him it was a wishing bowl that gave any food he wanted. The giant was very much delighted with the wishing bowl, and thought that if he could get that bowl he would be able to eat without the trouble of getting things. "'I'll buy that bowl!' he roared. "'What will you give me for it?' asked the young man. "'I will give you this drum,' said the giant. "'If you beat on one side, everybody that hears it will run away.' "'Ah, that was why the lions and tigers were running away just now,' said the young man. "'Yes,' said the giant. "'And if you beat on the other side, a splendid army of soldiers and horses will spring up out of the ground and defend you.' "'All right, here you are,' said the young man, and gave him the bowl. The giant took the bowl in great glee, and, horrid to tell, wished out loud for a bowl full of blood. He began to drink it, but he did not finish, for as he buried his nose in the bowl, the young man slapped his axe and said, "'Heads!' Down came the axe with a crash on the giant's head, and cut it clean in two. If the young man was glad when he saw the giant's head cleft in two, he was gladder when he went inside the giant's hut, for there, all around the wall, were the bodies of travelers who had passed that way, and they were tied to the uprights of the wall, and their bodies were dry as dust and shriveled like a medlar. For this giant used to catch all travelers and tie them up in his house, and then he sucked their blood till they were dry. So when our traveller saw what a narrow escape he had had, he determined no longer to remain in that dreadful place. Picking up the bowl and the drum, and feeling to see that his axe and the diamond were safe, he wished himself at the gate of the nearest city. Now the king of this city was a very cruel king. He used to rob and murder even his own subjects, and as for strangers, he had short shrift and no mercy for them. So when the king heard that there was a stranger outside the gates, he made up his mind to have some sport, and sent out a company of soldiers to fetch him in. The young man beat his drum, and they all took to their heels. You may imagine how angry the king was to hear this. 
He had all their heads chopped off on the spot and sent a regiment. The same thing happened to the regiment. But this only made the king angrier than ever. He ordered all his army to be marshaled before the gates, and himself riding at their head, led them forward to capture this audacious stranger. Then the young man tipped over his wishing bowl. Out poured a roaring torrent of water that flooded the plain and drowned every soldier in the army, all except the king, who had galloped back to the city and got up on the wall. Then the young man slapped his axe and cried, Heads! I want the king's head! Off flew the axe through the air like a boomerang, and sliced off the king's head, and brought it back to its master. The people inside the city began to cheer with joy when they saw the king with his head off, and when the axe came back the young man beat upon the other side of his drum, and lo and behold the earth began to tremble, it seemed full of holes, and from every hole sprouted a warrior fully armed. Surrounded by his army, he marched into the city, where he became king, and lived happily ever after, and I hope that we may be half as happy as he was. End of Part 1